Welcome, everyone, to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. It's our very first Trekisode. Yay, boldly going. Boldly going, where I don't think anyone's really covered these podcasts for before. The Marvel Star Trek comics. like Well, our circles are very Marvel superhero, as opposed to future. I would be very surprised if someone did episode by episode, or issue by issue episodes regarding Marvel Star Trek comics from 1996 to 1998. I'd be curious if there was an IDW podcast that covered the Star Trek books. I mean, you know that I low-key hustle for us sometimes, and I definitely (laughs) reached out to IDW at one point in like the past year or so, where I'm like, we really love these comics. We'd be happy to partner with you to review them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They never responded. Is that why you say that we're a Marvel-only podcast? No, that's, I mean, it's the tagline. We're exploring the Marvel Universe. Oh. Investigating, even, because we're X-Factor files. Yes. It started with an X-Factor and blossomed into an empire. <laughs> Age of empires. Oh. Um, so we are starting our Trek content and coverage with the... 10-issue series, Star Trek Unlimited. So the first issue came out in, well, it's dated November 1996. Oh, my. Yeah. We were in... Fifth grade. Oh, yeah, we were. Um, Huh. And this is a double-sized premiere issue. So before Marvel had the Trek license, DC had it for ever like they had it from the mid 80s to the early 90s and then it went maybe somewhere else for like a hot second and then marvel got it yeah um and at some point i feel we should do a little history dive on like what happened business-wise well business-wise marvel bankrupt um (laughs) and probably couldn't afford the license anymore um, so that's why all these series are really short and I feel comfortable covering them because it's going to give a pretty big variety, even if it's a single thing, like later on we'll cover the DS9, Deep Space Nine title, and Voyager, they're not even that long. It's like maybe they get like 16 issues before they lose the license. I could see the license being like valuable and like a hot asset that would cost them a lot to maintain yeah if it was coming out in the this is 80s 90s and when when did you say marvel had it 1996 yeah so movies were coming out yeah so if you're not a welvers track person which is totally fine um 1996 uh the next generation had just ended two years prior DS9. And Generations had come out two years prior. DS9 was nearing the end of its run, but it was in like a white hot arc, like a war story spanning multiple seasons. And it was good. Like it was episodic television. Why did I think it was? No, DS9 would have started in 93, right? Yeah. So 95, it would be in the second season. This is 1996 third season so yeah it's headed towards the dominion war klingon war whatever see uh, even me 
a Star Trek fan fucks it up. Um, so anyway, <laughs> but it was still good. Like it had hit its stride. Yes, that's the main thing. It wasn't, it's weird. Like they had their weird first couple of seasons, just like TNG had weird mm. first couple of seasons. And then they got into the groove and it was fantastic. Um, Voyager was in its second season, I believe. Voyager started in 95. Oh. So um, you had two active Trek series on TV. Um, this is 96. So I think First Contact came out this year as well. What a good movie. Um, probably the best TNG movie, hands down. Um, oh, it definitely did, because there's an ad for it in this issue. Oh, for the toys. Yes, yeah. there's a sphere. There's a Borg sphere that like has a little battle damage you can launch off. Yeah, you can pop a panel off of it. Yeah. So, uh, Stark Trek Unlimited. Um, Marvel had unlimited titles, so there was... X-Men Unlimited. I just picked up a couple issues of something called called Cosmic Powers Unlimited. Um, I think there was Avengers Unlimited. Like it was the corner of these fandoms where you could just tell one-off tales and not have to tie it into anything. Ah. So which fits with this issue. Yes. And two full-length tales, the original series and the next generation. Um, the cover is the original series, Captain Kirk and Spock pointing phasers at us and smiling. Rude. Um, Dr. McCoy uh, and Uhura. Yes. It's a very, like, draw people in for the nostalgia. Which is funny because then you open and the first story is TNG and not the original series. (laughs) Were you also caught by surprise on that? Because I definitely was. Yeah. So um, the writers are Dan Abnett and Ian Eddington. We have it's a it's a scatter shot on Hustlers. art. Yeah, we have um Ron Randall, Carlos Garzon, and Jerome Moore on pencils, and it's all different page breakdowns. I'm not gonna read all these pages. That it's it's all over the place. Right. But at least when you're going through it, you're like there's subtle differences that you notice after you see that there's so many different pencilers. Yeah. But other things are just so consistent. They did a good job of honing it in and not making it obvious that it's different art yes so we're opening up and it's a beautiful shot it is it is the d the enterprise d um obviously this is before its destruction and generations it's nice and underlit that's a fun planet you get a nice slice of yeah and so they're at this planet because this culture is just about to do warp drive and they're waiting in the wings not ready to pounce but sort of ready to pounce to be like welcome to intergalactic society it's a a coming out ball yeah and they're like hey we were coming here but there's like a natural disaster emergency which wow (laughs) look outside the windows right now yeah (laughs) i mean um of a different variety at least from yeah, so there are funky readings um, where they're like the tectonic plates are shifting. There's and it's widespread. There's a few primary sites, but those primary sites are all over the planet. So uh, Riker leads an away team that includes Worf and Jordy and a red shirt um, on down to the planet, and they see these big drills and like this is fracking on a level that would make RuPaul jealous. Um, we Ru- RuPaul wishes she could frack <laughs> a whole planet like this. We should 
take a moment that this is before Troy got her proper uniform. Yes. She's in purple with the headband. Yes. And Picard has his action jacket. It is his action jacket. Which I sort of liked. Yeah. So uh, Data is uh, doing readings up on the bridge with Picard while this away team goes into this big fracking drill, which is like a whole base, basically, that's drilling down. Yeah, the plates are moving in ways that they're not supposed to and breaking up underground. The mantle lava flows are moving in weird ways. And it's all stemming from these weird devices that are plopped down and puncturing the crust. Yeah, and uh, then they find one of these weird aliens in there who uh, attacks Riker. He's like, you're not supposed to be here. And uh, then Worf shoots him. As Worf does. Yes. Um, this alien <laughs> hits his head on the way down, and they're like, oh shit, guys. <laughs> um, well, fuck. So they beam the alien up, and we have Dr. Crusher and Nurse Ogawa. I love that Nurse Ogawa was there. Nurse Ogawa in the house, in the ship. Um, and they are taking readings. They're like, yeah, we can, you know help him out and he's definitely not a native of this planet like he's not from here we don't yes. know her and it turns out a lot of the medical treatment is guesswork because bev has never seen this alien before so yeah. like we think this works and luckily it does so the mystery is what's going on like why are these aliens here fucking this up right when they were on the edge of discovering warp drive and going into the future. They were ready to blast off. Yes. Har har. And then all of a sudden a gigantic ship appears. Yeah, it's a funky shot. Like the angle, it's a very broad nacelle on the Enterprise that you get because you're it's what's closest to you. Yeah, the perspective. And then the other ship must have a very good turbo lift system. Yeah. But it's very advanced. Yes, it's it's large and in charge. Not the kind of ship that you want to meet in a dark alley. And Worf is like, should I raise shields? And Picard's like, pump your brakes. <laughs> you, haven't you done enough damage? Like, let's wait. Let's try to talk to them. Um, and not be aggressive. Yeah, and it seems like there's a little bit of common ground where they're like, we're really excited for them moving into the future. And the aliens are like, us too. We're here to welcome them. Yeah. And this is a species that... There have been rumblings about, but no one had ever seen or gotten any readings off of. So they're like, come on over. Like, come over to the Enterprise. Let's let's talk. And the aliens bring some nice presents. They do. Unexpected. And I don't think Picard likes that he was caught unawares of, and Troy either. They were not aware that this was the expectation to give them gifts. And the aliens are nonplussed. They're like, it's okay. We don't need a gift. And they acknowledge, like, we don't know each other. Yeah. It's okay. And, it, you know... Um, Perhaps to Troy for being more than just a potted plant in this issue. Yeah. Like, sort of from the get-go. She has useful things. She has a role in helping navigate the different culture. She has agency as a character. Yes. huge. And they give an update on the person who bonked his head. They're like, hey, by the way, this happened. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, it's fine. Here's some bio data. Yeah. That might help you. And we'll take them as soon as they're okay to move. 
meanwhile down on the planet Riker and Jordy are still you know trying to figure out how to turn off this earthquake machine yes and they have technicians down there but a crew of aliens rolls in and is like stop this right now you are not allowed to be here yeah get out so the Star Trek Starfleet folks beam out they're like okay well uh fine um there's a meeting in the ready room with all the senior staff being like, okay, what do we know? Classic TNG moment. Yes. Everyone gathered around the conference table. All comparing notes. And they're like, well, these aliens are causing the earthquakes and stuff. but And the damage is going to be monumental. Yes, like totally catastrophic. Nuclear but, winter level. But we can interfere because of the Prime Directive, which says we can't interfere with pre-warp cultures even if they, they are on the cusp yes so it's like what do we do and um beverly's like well i can give us a little time to figure this out like we're going to have to confront them but i need like an hour to make him better and picard's like an hour is all i need let's do this and um Picard is like you know what you you should like go we we can't let you sacrifice millions of lives because the end game for these aliens that we find out is we bop around to different places trying to perfect them and the this planet will be perfect in like 10,000 years after the nuclear winter is over we can see the future yes we they, just have to like wreck them first they need that uh, nuclear winter type effect with all the ash and everything that the earthquakes and volcanoes are pumping out. We need that to cool the planet so it can fix the ozone layer and then it'll be good. Yes. They're very... We they promise, a, just just trust us, give us thousands of years. So they have a very different... Like Starfleet has the prime directive. This species has their like look to the future deal with it now before it becomes a problem and everyone will be perfect later yes so two things in conflict and we get a nice chat between picard and troy yeah um and picard is even like i'm not entirely sure what to do and troy is very reassuring it's like the crew trusts your judgment it'll be fine and then Beverly is chimes in on the computer in his office in his ready room and is like, hey, so I have something down here you need, might need to see. Be-do-do-deep. Um, and there's a problem within the DNA. And Picard is like, I can use this. Yeah. So he calls up the um, LOM cruiser. The people are the LOM. Yes, not the ones on the planet. We never actually see an yeah. Eldorum. Sure. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, he's like, hey, yo, um, I know that you really want to like perfect these people, but you're not perfect. There's a flaw in this DNA of this crew member that we're treating. So maybe you should get your own house in order before you try to do something to other planets. 
And they're like, oh, no. And they're like, oh, shit. Uh, uh, we need to go back and rethink our lives. Yeah, so uh, we're going to remove those little seismic things, um, give them back to Rue, and yes. we're going to go and work on ourselves a little. <laughs> Take some me time. Yes, they, they're taking some me time. And that's how they solved it. The end of the next generation story in this issue. Did you feel like it was a satisfying ending? It was very quick. I wasn't as big a fan. I wanted like to see how Picard would have navigated this more complex mm. diplomatic issue. And we didn't necessarily get that. It was great nonetheless. Yeah. A couple ads I do want to call out aside from the Star Trek First Contact. Sphere. That action figure. I ad, never knew there was a sphere. Which I definitely had the Lily Allen action figure. Oh. She's in the basement. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, you do. I think you showed her to me before. Yeah, I mean, um, we need Elfrey action figures. Yes. Of everything. Where's her action figure from Desperate Housewives? Where are my Desperate Housewives action figures, to be honest? And do you have shelf space for Desperate Housewives action figures? <laughs> no, Age of Apocalypse would need to come down. Oh. Um, but there is an ad for... they Big Yogurt was pushing itself. They um, really for were. Like, for like the mid 90s through like those Jamie Lee Curtis ads from like 10 years ago <laughs> for Activia. Well, the focus sort of changed from like after school snack to make sure you poop the good poops. Yeah. And it, um, in the middle of those, there were like the go-gurts of the world. Yes. So they're like, you know, what's a fun summer snack. Freeze some yogurt in a tube and squirt it in your mouth. Mm. okay but i had one of those once and then it burst in my backpack and it was real gross oh dairy in a backpack the worst this one is for um dan and sprinklins i don't remember them it's when so you know how there's the plastic cover on top of the cups yes yes so the foil covered up sprinkles because you needed to make your yogurt shiny Oh, that part. <laughs> like decorating a Christmas cookie, but your yogurt. I don't remember there being sprinkles within it. I must have, we must have gotten the it's off mag- brand. It's magic crystals. Color change crystals add magic you can taste. Yeah, we got the off brand, I think, when we were little. So gross. Um, the other ad is they're pushing Star Trek really hard on the subscription page. So oh. aside from this, you they're four spider-man titles that you can subscribe to in 1996 amazing sensational spectacular and adjectiveless x-men family of titles we have cable deadpool excalibur generation x uncanny oh generation x wolverine x-factor x-force x-man and x-men that's so many marvel heroes you know everyone else (laughs) Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Incredible Hulk, Journey into Mystery, The Punisher, no, <laughs> no thanks, Silver Surfer, and 2099 World of Tomorrow, Heroes Reborn, Avengers, Captain America, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, and more is What If and Venom available in the U.S. only. Wow, what's going on, Venom? What? Then what? you. So Venom doesn't count as a spider book. No. Huh. Update. Asta does not like this talk. She has hidden behind a fence. <laughs> she has. She's going to a, a different nap spot. Um, 
The Star Trek titles, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Starfleet Academy, and Early Voyages. Oh, so you have a bunch of Starfleet Academies. I have all of that run. Oh. All of Early Voyages. Nice. Um, And I'm working on Deep Space Nine and Voyager, so by the time we cover it, we actually have the issues. Yay. And then there is one more, which is Untold Voyages, which is five issues, which we'll cover as well. Who's that crew? It's the original series, and it takes place between the motion picture and Wrath of Khan, maybe? I've never seen the first Star Trek Or it's the five years after the original five-year mission, and it's just like one mission from that second set of five years, like one per year. Did IDW do the five-year mission comics then? Yes. Okay. Year four and year five. That was, oh, that makes sense. Yes. Um, and that's the original five-year mission, rounding out those five years. Yeah. So anyway, um, this gives us a picture of uh, sort of the Star Trek con- content everyone can expect. Yes. And what was happening in Marvel in 96. So uh, the original series. Yeah. We have Dan Abnett and Ian Eddington once again writing. It will be a theme in most of these Star Trek comments, ah. comics. Um, so they are mapping a, a star system and they get a distress call from a Federation vessel. And they're attacked by the Gorn. The Gorn, our favorite dinosaur men. Yeah. I do have a Gorn on my desk that my coworker gave me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So the Gorn is like, what the fuck you doing? Get away. Slither, slither, snake sound. And we find out that the ship is not in a great way. It's not... Shields are at 84%, but it's not a great situation. They will eventually have a bad outcome if they stay. Yes. So then we get this time jump to earlier. And uh, taking readings and... um. They're like, what's going on with this? There is a, it's a distress call. There's stone orbs. Like, and it's stone orbs that have a sort of language etched on them. And they're like, oh, interesting. It's cultural. And fun magnetic fields that keep them in orbit. Yeah. So they fix on the beacon. They beam down. And it's this dude. It's outpost scientist. Yes. Essentially. And... Uh, um. He's like, yeah, help me. My shuttle won't work anymore. So let's like get all of my archaeological finds up onto your ship and we can be on our way, okay? And they're like, something's wrong. And Dr. McCoy is like, he's really well fed. He like he he's been living in this jungle. But but... his immune system is topped off. Yeah. Surging at a thousand percent. And it should not be that for such a tropical location. Like, no. So despite the nerves, his health is too good. I need to do more tests. Yes. So in the meantime, they're back up on the ship, unloading all this stuff in the shuttle bay. And the guy is like, yo, be careful with this stuff. Like, yeah. it's really delicate. Um, And... Spock like dug into his background, like did a background check on him. He's like, you know what? You, you say you're from this university, but you seem kind of like a piece of shit. Yeah. 
he is Xeno archaeologist, essentially. And he's like specializing I, in the Gorn. He's like, they're basically what would have happened if dinosaurs weren't extinct. And I'm trying to prove that scientifically by stealing these things from their graves. <laughs> yeah, we find out yeah. it's the cemetery planet because the Gorin have breeding planets, and now we find out they have cemetery, cemetery planet. Um, and uh, Captain Kirk is like, "Great job, Bainan! You probably just started a war single-handedly by grave robbing." Yes. So Scotty does not even get to finish unloading the shuttlecraft because Kirk is like, "Pack it back up. Put that ship back where it belongs." Yes. But so the Gorn still show up. The Gorn are like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Um, desecrating? It seems like you're desecrating. And Kirk is like, it was one dude who was desecrating. I'm very sorry. Fun, I didn't know. Fun fact, it's the same Gorn that he fought on the planet. Yes, in the classic episode, Arena. Yes. So, um, Captain Kirk is like, we can't really... Like, we have no moral leg to stand on for this. No, I'm not putting the ship in danger over this. Like, we have to ha find a way to talk it out. So he's like, we're going to surrender. I'm going to go and um, talk to the Gorn. There's a cool page where it's from the Gorn's perspective. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, it was interesting because they're not really the villain. I mean, they're an adversary in the story, but... Right, this is pre-Strange New World. And they're obviously the party that's been ultimately wronged. So Kirk is like, okay, we'll meet you down on the planet as we return these things. Like, yeah, real sorry, bro. And um, you know what? I brought them back personally. Real we sorry. Know, we know each other. It's, it's okay. I know that you appreciate honor. And... Um, Captain Kirk shoots the Gorn phaser out of his hand. The communicator. Oh. Um, he was going to be like, great, send over your boarding parties. And Kirk is like, no, wait, stop. I'm not actually surrendering. Fooled you. Um, And gives a whole talk. He's like, I can't really make this right. I can't take back the error that this Federation twat did did so instead I'm going to melt our shuttle and like the Vikings did on earth for their funerals they would do a burning ship and with all their weapons and stuff and, and stuff and the Gorder like you know what I kind of want to hear about these Norsemen they sound interesting Let's shake on it. So they found some cultural common ground, sort of, maybe. And, and they shake hands. Um, Kirk gets some uh, broken fingers. And a bone or two in his wrist. And he's like, you know, it was worth it to keep the peace. Small price to pay. Yes. And um, that's the end of the story. Another happy ending. Yeah, it was shorter than the TNG one. Yes. But the ending was more satisfying. I thought so, too. It was fun to see... The Gorn doing their thing. Um, I don't know what the full continuity like comics are in or comics are out in terms of canon stuff. Any of this? Yeah. And like how this, this is not canon. Oh, 
the new comics, I feel there is debate in the nerd community whether it's canon or not. I feel it is canon. And with the show for Strange New Worlds that features the Gorn, it's, I just want some guidance on what Starfleet knew and when. Mm. So, like, was the arena the, it must not have been the very first time that they had met because now they're in Strange New Worlds mm. with La'an. So, who knows? But yeah, it was a fun issue. The art was real good. Yeah. I liked it. Like the colors popped, the ships looked good, except for that one of the of the D. Oh. With that funky nacelle. But like, but when you open into that first page with that underlit and everything, mm-hmm. like Galaxy Class can look real funky. Um, but they made it look amazing. The bullpen bullpen bulletins, um, the checklist is here. There is a one-shot comic we'll be covering. Oh. Star Trek The Next Generation, Operation Assimilation. Oh. A 32-page one-shot revealing a never-before-chronicled encounter between the Romulans and the insidious alien race known as the Borg. A perfect companion piece to Star Trek First Contact. Interesting. Yeah. And the other ad that was curious on the back cover... The ad is for Risk. Oh, yeah. Why are we advertising Risk, Parker Brothers? Did you really need to sell it that much? Unexpected. I I tried to play Risk growing up. We did, too. And it, like, it would make sense with the strategy video games that we play now. Like, it fits in with that sort of thing, where you have, like, the soldiers that can upgrade to the little cannons maybe i don't know that's that's just algebra like one cannon equals two horsies one horsey equals five infantries but yeah like and it's all dice like you can attack with some and defend with others and it's all chance and then you end up hating everyone i have lord of the rings risk that i bought like in 2005 or something and that poor box has been through like 8 million moves. I have not opened it in years because I can hear all the little pieces rattling around outside of their containers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to sort. Don't all open of the these box. Colors. <laughs> yes. Um, like in theory, risk sounds fun. In practice, it takes hours. It takes hours and it, you, it's not a happy game. Like it's like Monopoly. Like you can see the end coming and there's just nothing you can do to prevent it yeah and you just hate everything for the last hour yeah solar quest similar to monopoly but better because the person who's winning can run out of gas on a moon and die and you can don't have to owe them shit after that and that ties into star trek it's true in space and there's federation stations oh that's fun so that's our first trek episode yeah it was a good issue it was a lot of fun yes and good for troy love a good troy moment yes only thing that would have made it better if it was her mom oh well we know for a fact that loxana shows up in one ds9 issue at the very least it's that a marvel one yeah oh yay yes so she's a coming at some point yes all right everyone if you want to reflect on star trek unlimited Star Trek in general, hit us up. Um, Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Stay well. Bye.